Do you know who's behind your email? What do they fund? Are they building a culture you want to be a part of? This Advent, break up with big tech and reboot your email with FIDE. Look us up, F-I-D-E-I. There's a link in the description box below. That's FIDE, how Catholics send email. On Wednesday, I brought to you the story of a priest in Australia who had been canceled for effectively staying loyal to the faith and loyal to the traditions of the church. Today I have for you his response to the actions of his bishop, which I didn't cover in that video because when I made that video, his response hadn't been posted yet. There is a link to a fundraiser for him, and it's not a fundraiser for him to put the money in his own pocket and meet his own needs the way we have we you it might expect with uh, in some other cases. It appears that he's trying to keep the work of his parish going, despite with formal approval of the bishop, and without the the use of a, a diocesan property anymore. This letter is important, though, because it gives you a lot of context. He had been promised by his bishop's predecessor that this parish would be permanently available to the parish the parishioners of his diocese for the Latin Mass community. And that was, a, that was a decision that was almost immediately revoked upon the arrival of the new bishop. And yes, private property was at this, is at the core of this issue too. Land and, of course, doctrine. Because he was made to swear a loyalty oath to Traditionis Custodis and to all the Francis revolution in the church. But he refused to sign it. And that's at the core of this problem here. So let's go over this letter. Together, the priest is more than capable of speaking for himself. Statement of Reverend Father Michael Rowe on the Latin Mass in Perth, dated Tuesday, the December 12th, 2023, on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. My dear faithful, it is no secret that the Latin Mass community at Belmont, within the Archdiocese of Perth, has had numerous problems with their Archbishop and the Archdiocese in the last few years. I have received notification from the Archdiocese of Perth that I have been removed as rector of St. Anne's Church and effectively as chaplain of the Latin Mass community. That letter confirms that I remain a priest in good standing since I have retained faculties within the Archdiocese of Perth. This fact, thankfully, is an implicit admission that I have done nothing wrong objectively to suggest otherwise. The Archbishop has published an open letter to the faithful of St. Anne's, Belmont, on his decision in these matters. That letter appears to suggest the only reason for my removal is a refusal on my part to apply the Archbishop for permission to celebrate the traditional Latin Mass pursuant to Article 5 of Pope Francis's Motu Proprio Traditionis Custodis. Whilst the Archbishop has not directly lied in saying this, I reject that characterization as being an accurate representation of the entire situation in its correct perspective. I believe the Archbishop's version of events in his open letter has the potential to be misleading, I put out the statement explaining the situation with its true context set in space. The History of the Latin Mass Community in Perth In 1996, Emeritus Archbishop Barry James Hickey established our community and appointed me its first chaplain. His grace granted us the use of the old pro-cathedral in Perth City. In 2008, since we had outgrown the use of the pro-cathedral, the Emeritus Archbishop wrote to me on the 16th of April, 2008, announcing his intention to establish us as a quasi-parish, and moved us to our present location of St. Anne's Church at Belmont. The Emeritus Archbishop announced his intention to appoint me as the parish priest of this quasi-parish. 
It was clear that St. Anne's Church had been given back to the Archdiocese by the parish of Belmont, as they no longer desired to be responsible for its maintenance, and since all their masses were now in the neighboring parish church of Cloverdale, with which whom they shared a parish priest. It was clear and in writing that the Emeritus Archbishop, whilst then in office as ordinary, was giving St. Anne's to our community as our permanent location. After much fundraising and donations from you, the faithful, who worshipped in the traditional Latin rites in Perth during 2008 to 2010, much of our community's own funds were spent, along with funds also spent by the Archdiocese under Archbishop Hickey's leadership, on improving the land and properties of St. Anne's, making it fit for the traditional Latin Mass and fit for our purposes. Midnight Mass of Christmas was celebrated by me and St. Anne's Church in 2009. That was our first community Mass there. And then on St. Patrick's Feast Day during the following year, the 17th of March, 2010, we had the official blessing and opening of St. Anne's Church as the new permanent location given for the exclusive use of the Latin Mass community. By way of letter dated 9th of July, 2010, Archbishop Hickey appointed me as the rector of St. Anne's Church, being a non-parochial church, and reaffirmed my appointment as spiritual leader of the Latin Mass community. In that July 2010 appointment letter, Archbishop Hickey gave me all the faculties relevant to a parish priest specifically for the Latin Mass community. Our community has grown exponentially since that time, growing from around 30 people when we started in 1996 in the pro-cathedral to the 850-odd parishioners that now regularly attend Latin Masses at Belmont. Over that time, our community has fostered at least nine vocations to the priesthood and religious life, and continues to be a thriving parish with frequent baptisms, confirmations, First Holy Communions and marriages coming from within this community. Over the last 15 years, we have calculated that over $1 million has been spent on improving the land and property at St. Anne's Belmont, as we were under the impression from Archbishop Hickey's letters that we were established there permanently as a quasi-parish. Archbishop Costello and the Archdiocese now under his leadership did not share that view and had other ideas for St. Anne's. The History of Problems with the Archdiocese those who have been long-term parishioners of the Latin Mass in Perth know of the troubles our community has had with the Archdiocese under its current leadership since the 21st of March 2012 onwards, when the Most Reverend Timothy Costello was installed as Archbishop. The Archbishop's statements and pastoral letters seem to suggest that he is merely following the directions of the Pope in Traditionis Custodis, and that he has no choice other than to do the Holy Father's will. With great respect to the Archbishop, this is hard to believe, given the, the troubles and the animosity he has shown to the Latin Mass community and myself long predate the publication of Traditionis Custodis. Archbishop Hickey, as our ordinary, was happy to accept vocations for priestly formation attached to the St. Anne's community with a view to those men being attached to St. Anne's and the Latin Mass community as priests. There were at least three such potential vocations for the Latin Mass community, specifically in the Archdiocese of Perth, under my rectorship and Archbishop Hickey's leadership. One such man was already in seminary formation in Rome, specifically for the Archdiocese of Perth, with a view to being dedicated to ministry in the Latin Mass community at St. Anne's. One of Archbishop Castell's first priorities as Archbishop of Perth, the day after he was installed as Archbishop, was to contact that seminarian and cancel the path he was placed on by Archbishop Hickey. Beyond this point, it was no longer possible for diocesan vocations from the traditional Latin Mass community be accepted in Perth. I was regretfully placed in the unenviable position of needing to send any potential vocation away to explore his vocation elsewhere during the current Archbishop's tenure. The Archbishop, during his entire 11-year tenure as Archbishop of Perth, 
has not once made a pastoral visit to St. Anne's or made any attempt to meet with, let alone consult the people who worship at St. Anne's Church, this despite having been invited numerous times. There was an occasion in the latter months of 2018 when a parishioner reported to me that one afternoon Archbishop Costello was seen walking around the St. Anne's Church property at Belmont with the Vicar General, the parish priest of the neighboring Cloverdale Parish, and a lay employee from the Chancery. None of those attending this site meeting at St. Anne's thought to inform me, nor invite me. It was only because a parishioner had seen them and told me that I found out. Upon asking why a visit to St. Anne's was made by those present, the first response from archdiocesan officials was to outright deny that any such visit to St. Anne's had taken place. Later, I was told by the Auxiliary Bishop of Perth that the reason the Archbishop had visited the St. Anne's was because the parish priest of Cloverdale had requested permission to sell part or all of the land at St. Anne's to build a new house for the clergy in the Cloverdale Parish. The Auxiliary Bishop informed me that in light of this request from the Cloverdale Parish, the Archbishop visited to get a sense of how the Latin Mass community used the land so he could properly consider the Cloverdale Parish priest's request. It is rather unusual that such a visit would happen at a time of day when all the buildings were closed and locked up and ordinarily no one else would be present. Since the purported reason for the pastoral visit was so the Archbishop could gain an understanding of how the Latin Mass community used the land, it was even more strange that the Archbishop had not thought to ask me to be present to open the buildings and show them how our community uses the space. From the late 2018 onwards, our community was well and truly in the Archbishop's sights. In October 2018, the Archbishop published a decree purportedly merging the territorial parishes of Belmont and Redcliffe with Cloverdale, and that as a result, the land of St. Anne's Belmont was now belonged to the new Cloverdale-Belmont-Redcliffe parish entity. I was eventually informed that the Archbishop had approved the Cloverdale parish priest's request to sell land, and that the neighboring nursing home, owned by Catholic Homes Incorporated, would buy the land from the Archdiocese. I was informed that I would need to negotiate with the Cloverdale parish priest the terms on which we could temporarily stay at St. Anne's, but eventually we would have to leave and the Archdiocese had nowhere else for us to go. These actions are not consistent with the Archbishop's statement in his 11th December 2023 letter, quote, It has never been my intention that either the celebration of the Mass using the Roman Missal of 1962 be discontinued at the Church of St. Anne, or the community itself to be, quote, closed down, end quote. I was formally informed of the Archbishop's decree and decision in this regard in writing on January 31st, 2019. This decree had been enacted without consultation of myself as rector of St. Anne's Church and without consultation of the people who worship at St. Anne's, who are all interested parties and would be affected. I sought canonical advice and am advised that consultation of all interested parties is a necessary step for the validity of any such decree. This is one such reason I reject the validity of the October 2018th decree. During the entire calendar year of 2019, I wrote numerous letters to the Archbishop inviting him to visit Belmont and consult with me and the Latin Mass community, and or I sought a meeting with him to discuss and resolve the issues at hand. I wrote numerous times, at least six times within that year, and did not receive one substantive reply. Most letters were ignored, all invitations to visit St. Anne's request to meet with me were ignored, and during that entire time I received one letter accusing me of being, quote, combative and aggressive when all I sought to do was to meet with the Archbishop to discuss what was in the best interest of the souls of my faithful and how we can continue to respond to their pastoral needs. Not once was any of my efforts to reach the Archbishop answered. Having sought canonical advice, I then sought to prevent a sale of the St. Anne's property while the issues were being sorted out. So I sought legal advice and filed a caveat on the land, 
with the Register of Titles. I then mounted a canonical challenge to the Archbishop's decree dated October 2018. However, the Congregation for the Clergy refused to hear my petition because it was outside of the peremptory time period of 10 canonical days. With Rome having rejected my canonical petition, all canonical avenues were exhausted. Having exhausted all available options within the Church's internal system and being ignored by the Archbishop at every step of the way leading up to this point, after a year of trying to resolve this amicably with the Archbishop, and through the church's internal processes, I had no options but to take my claim to the civil courts. On the 23rd of December, 2019, I filed a claim in the Supreme Court of Western Australia, seeking a declaration that the Latin Mass community has property rights over the St. Anne's property. The legal battle was long and protracted and finally came to an end this year, not in our favor. The above summary in this section is a skeletal view of the dispute. There is a full timeline of events with supporting documents available. Anyone who is interested is welcome to contact me for further details about the same. My actions with respect to the legal dispute. For 2018 onwards until the present time, the legal dispute over rights to the use of St. Anne's Church land has been stressful, long, and not a decision I took lightly. I knew at the outset that litigation carried great risk, and whatever the case at civil law, win or lose, I knew there was a greater risk than the friction which with the Archbishop would likely result in my personal persecution by him. That prediction has proven right. I did not take my, any decision to engage in a legal dispute with the Archbishop lightly. Given it concerned St. Anne's and the good of the Latin Mass community, I consulted that community before undertaking any such important decisions. I made clear to the community that I personally could have a stress-free and comfortable life if I do not challenge the Archbishop's decision to take St. Anne's away from us, but if I do, I do so at the great risk to myself and I would be prepared to do so solely for the good of souls of those devoted faithful who worship in the Latin Mass at St. Anne's. With the support of my people and a great risk to myself, animated by a pure desire for the good of souls, I took the risk of a legal challenge. It did not go our way. In doing so, I have no regrets because of all the times the only thing that motivated me was to fight for the good of those souls at St. Anne's, and having such a fight for the salvation of souls was worth it. I took this heavy decision only inspired by the Church's maxim, Salus and Amatum Suprema Lex. The salvation of souls is the supreme law. For this reason, I have taken great risk upon myself, but I do not regret it. If anything, it is only because I took the heavy risk of litigation that the people of the Latin Mass community have had an extra five years of stability worshipping at St. Anne's while the legal battles were underway. Had I challenged any of the Archbishop's decisions in 2018, the likelihood of St. Anne's being sold in the Latin Mass community dying out for lack of a venue is quite probable. The Impact of Traditionis Custodis During the protracted legal battle, Traditionis Custodis was released, although while the matter was before the civil courts, the archbishop was not quick to seek to enforce it. Once the legal battle was over and the decisive victory was the archbishop's, he then sought to enact a decree implementing the motu proprio, a copy of that decree can be found on the Archdiocese of Perth's website and is referred to the Archbishop's recent open letter to the people who worship at St. Anne's. The decree was heavily restrictive and required all priests to apply for permission to say the Latin Mass, pursuant to Article 5 of Traditionis Custodis. Conditional to such approval being considered, not even necessarily granted but merely considered by the Archbishop, I was provided a document typed up by the Archbishop's delegate, Monsignor Michael Keating, requiring me to sign a declaration attesting to the following. 1. That I don't deny the, do not deny the validity and legitimacy of the liturgical reform dictated by the Vatican Council II and the Magisterium of the Supreme Pontiffs. 
Two, that I accept the legitimacy of the concelebration of the Eucharist that appropriately expresses the unity of the priesthood, of the sacrifice, and also of the whole people of God. Three, that I acknowledge that the liturgical books promulgated by St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II in conformity with the decrees of Vatican Council II are the unique expression of the Lex Arandi of the Roman Rite. Four, that I acknowledge the identity and unity expression in the Roman Rite is found in all the liturgical books promulgated by the authority of the Supreme Pontiff. Five, that I shall maintain the observance of all the laws in the Code of Canon Law, regulating the sacred liturgy, and in particular the laws promulgated by Pope Francis in his motu proprio. Six, that I have been granted the authorization to celebrate Mass using the Roman Missal approved in 1962 by Pope John XXIII. I shall use this Missal to the exclusion of any other Missal approved for use prior to the year 1962. And seven, that I shall not celebrate the sacraments or other liturgical actions except in accordance with the approved liturgical books to the exclusion of all other liturgical books. I have serious problems with some of the above propositions which simply contain factual errors or attempt to assert things that I simply do not believe that are true. I cannot in good conscience sign such a document with the above propositions because I do not believe they reflect the truth of Catholic doctrine and dogma as passed down in the Church throughout history. Just because the Holy Father and the Archbishop of Perth believe these statements to be true, that does not necessarily of itself make them true. Such statements have to be carefully considered in the light of continuity of Catholic tradition. Rather than reflecting the truth of Catholic doctrine and dogma as passed down in the Church throughout history, my concern with these statements is that they represent a rupture from such truth and tradition. The fact that I have been unable in good conscience to sign the document requested of me for permission to be granted under Article 5 of Traditionis Custodas does not in and of itself make me a disobedient priest as the Archbishop's open letter seems to imply. It is not because I have refused to apply for permission that I have been cancelled, but the Archbishop has made it practically impossible for me to meet the conditions to apply for permission in the first place. Firstly, the Archbishop required that I sign a statement with the above troubling propositions. And secondly, my reasonable request for meeting with the Archbishop's delegate to discuss the decree, such as being permitted a support person as, and as an accurate recording of the meeting, were vehemently denied. In conclusion, the tenure of Archbishop Costello's 11-year reign in Perth has brought many challenges to our Latin Mass community. Seminarians attached to the Latin Mass community have been cancelled, and as a result, other vocations have necessarily been sent elsewhere. There have been challenges to our use of St. Anne's Church and land, which was supposed to have been given to us by Archbishop Hickey as our, quote, permanent location. Yet despite these trials and tribulations over the last five, 11 years, in particular the stress of the litigation over the last five years, our Latin Mass community has grown exponentially. St. Anne's Latin Mass community in Belmont now has over 850 worshipping parishioners and has actually become one of the busiest parishes in the entire archdiocese. It has been an absolute privilege for me to have served you as your pastor the greater part of my 30 years of priestly life. I've experienced many joys and shared with you the numerous sorrows over the last few years. Despite the differences of opinion we have with them, we respect the Holy Father, Pope Francis, and Archbishop Timothy Costello. We acknowledge them to legitimately hold their respective offices, even if we do not understand and agree with all their actions. We continue to pray for them in each and every Mass offered at St. Anne's. For now, the Archbishop has chosen to deprive me of my roles of Rector of St. Anne's and Pastor of the Latin Mass community. While the Archbishop has confirmed that I retain faculties and therefore remain a priest in good standing, despite not holding those appointments in any official capacity, I remain to each and every one of you with the heart of a pastor, indeed with the heart of a good shepherd as all priests are called to be. I will continue to support you and keep you in my prayers and masses. 
As I have stood by you over these years, I hope and pray that you too will stand by me and that we may be a good support to one another in these challenging times. I would ask you to consider giving generously so that we can continue the good work we began at St. Anne's. Donations can be received at our Life Funder page here. Whatever the future holds, I will also be in support and always a pastor to all who love the immemorial traditions of the Holy Roman Church, Catholic Church, and will always endeavor to uphold them for you. Signed, Reverend Father Michael Rowe. And so you see, property was part of the issue, as was easily predicted, just from an outsider who was not even familiar with the situation at St. Anne's when I initially reported on this story. But also, something much more fundamental, doctrine. The reality of the situation in the church itself, the, frankly, the, his, this priest's unwillingness to lie, which is everybody knows who is in the traditional world, that traditionus custodis is built on propositions that do not conform to reality. Meaning the document is full of lies. It just is. And they asked him to endorse those falsehoods, and he could not in good conscience do so. So what is his response? Looks like his response is to go essentially independent. I'll have a link to that fundraiser in the pinned comments or at the show notes at returntotradition.org. Let me know if you have any questions about that. Again, it is through a website associated with LifeSite News, so you should be able to trust that. Curious what you think about this, though, so let me know in the comments, please. Hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to share this on social media, that helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.